Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not, be but sworn, my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Tis but thy enemy, but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? It is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Romeo, doff thy name, and for that name which is no part of thee, take all myself. Thank you. Well, that's it. Have a good one. This, of course, is the famous speech by Juliet in Shakespeare's play, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet is essentially asking here, if you didn't, if you didn't catch it, why Romeo has to have his name. Romeo Montague. So the word wherefore, when she says, wherefore art that Romeo, she's not asking where he is, right? She's asking why. Why is he, whoa. <laughs> she's asking why is he named Romeo? This is because the two families have this long-standing feud, and if he just had a different name, then maybe they could be together. What's in a name? Could you just call something by another name, and it would remain the same thing? Would it have the same identity? Today, I want to ask the question that Juliet asks, what's in a name? And I want to start with this week's Torah portion, which contains the story of the Tower of Babel. So just after the, the story of Noah's flood, which uh, Paul talked about, we have the story of the Tower of Babel. And it's found in Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9. It's not very long, so I thought we could read the whole thing. Does that sound good? All right, here we go. Is it up there? <laughs> Do we have it? Genesis 11. Oh, wonderful. All right. So this is the story. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. We may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. Um, and the Lord said, if if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, 
then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. Notice the reason for the tower here. Let us make a name for ourselves. The Hebrew word for name is Shem. Naaseh lanu Shem is what they are saying. The word Shem has similar connotations in biblical Hebrew that it does today. That is, you know, if someone said, if a man said, you know, that he wanted to make a name for himself, just like it says in the scripture, you would understand what he means. It would mean he wants to make a reputation for himself, to make himself known. Shem carries the same meaning in the Torah. It doesn't just mean name, it means reputation. These people want to build a tower up to heaven to enlarge their reputation. They want to make themselves known. It's the same sentiment as any child begging for attention, right? Look, look what I can do. Look at me, right? It's the same temptation of, of fame and fortune. It's a culture that says, look at me. I'm important. I'm the bee's knees. This is what the people are trying to do in this narrative. But what is God's purpose at this time? He has just given them a directive. It's a very famous directive. It's a repetition of the instructions that he gave to Adam. And he tells Noah the same thing right after they leave the ark. So there's been the flood, and Noah leaves the ark. And right before the story of the Tower of Babel, God tells Noah this in Genesis 9, verse 7. He says, it's nice kind of uh, anticipation there. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Does that command sound familiar? It's the same command he gave to Adam. In other words, God wants the descendants of Noah to spread out. Did they, did they spread out? No, they didn't want to spread out. They wanted to stick together and make a name for themselves, but he wanted them to spread out. Why? To bring the knowledge of God throughout the earth. That was Adam's directive. That was Noah's directive. The descendants of Noah, the righteous remnant, they were to make God's name great. Any philosophy that builds ourselves up, that's a tower of Babel. The problem is that this is a very human desire. We all want to be recognized and appreciated and honored. Now, there's nothing wrong with honor and recognition in and of themselves. But when we seek this for the sake of our own reputation, our own name, that's the problem. You know, sometimes I have to remind myself when I... Uh, when I do, like, when I do the dishes, right, not to, uh, not to make that known, you know, to my wife, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to say, like, so, uh, did you uh, go in the kitchen lately? Did you notice uh, how nice it is in there? You know, I have to, have to remember, you know, not to do that, right? I don't know if that, that ever happens to you. You know, but this is also the same as uh, social media. There's a, certain, there's a certain buzz, right, we get when we get a like 
somebody likes what we put out there, right? We've got a hundred likes, a thousand likes, and we, we can measure our status, right, based on, based on that. Or maybe we're seeking honor at work or even here at shul. Maybe we feel a, a, tinge, a tinge of jealousy when we hear about the great reputation or the exploits of one of our peers. Something they're doing is, is great. Whatever the case may be, this is very common. But life is not ultimately about making a name for ourselves. What is an example of a good name being godly, of recognition being godly? Well, when it's initiated by God, when God makes our name great. Just one chapter later, right after this, we have one of the most important passages in the Torah. This is God's covenant promise to Avram in Genesis 12, verses 2 through 3. And he says this, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. God is saying that. God is saying, I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God wants to make Avram's name great for his own purpose, to bless all the nations of the earth. When our reputation, our name, is motivated by God's kingdom, when it is God's good pleasure to make our name great, that makes his name great. Because we, we are his representatives. Avram, the children of Israel, and the disciples of Yeshua have all been called to be a blessing in our words and our actions. Notice that this is a continuation of God's purpose with Adam and Noah, spreading the knowledge of God and his name throughout the earth. And when we do, we make God's name great. We make known his reputation. In other words, we make known the love of the Father by being loving to an unlovely world. We make known the love of the Father by being loving to an unlovely world. My colleagues at work, they know that I'm a follower of Yeshua and that I'm in part-time ministry. So my words and actions should reflect God's character. And when they don't, I have to repent because I'm representing him. My wife recently had a conversation with someone who was, he was very averse to the name of Yeshua um, when she said his name. And he said that um, his encounters with Yeshua's followers, that they, that, he, that they didn't follow his commands. And he was kind of burned out by, by Christians, by people who said they followed Yeshua. And we don't, we don't want that, Right. We want his name to be great. We want to represent him well. Malachi chapter 1, verse 11 states this. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings, pure offerings, remember that, will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. So the context of this verse is that the Kohanim, the priests, 
they, uh, they were the ones who made sacrifices to atone for Israel. They were offering lame sheep and diseased goats, for real. This was not their best, right? The priests were to be representatives of Israel, but they were corrupt. They were hypocrites. They were misrepresenting Hashem. It was Hashem's desire for the priests to make right sacrifices so that God would be correctly represented, not just to Israel, but all the nations of the earth. As it says in the passage, he will make his name great among the nations. This is continuing with the goal that God set with Avram and Noah and Adam. His name and his ways, his compassion and love, his Torah and his commandments, his character and his saving acts, these will be known throughout all the earth. And he wants to use Adam and Noah and Avram and Israel, the Kohanim, and the disciples of Yeshua to bring this about. He wants to use you to make his name great. How else can we make known God's reputation, his name? By sharing the testimony of what he has done for you, right? Has God provided for you? Has he healed you? Has he given you good gifts, right? Think about that for a second. Think about what God has done for you, even, even just this week. And then maybe during Oneg, you can share that, make his name great, and say, hey, guess what God did for me this week? So we've seen that the Tower of Babel attitude, this attitude, is, is to make our own reputation, our own name great. But God's consistent purpose has been to make his name great and to do it through us. So again, I ask, what's in a name, right, besides reputation? Well, a name in Hebrew thought is also identity. When God says that he will make Avram's name great, he does this literally because the word great is he's going to make it bigger, right? So he changes his name from Avram to Avraham. He adds a, a hey in there. That means, so it's changed from a great father to father of many. Father of many. This, of course, reflects the identity of Avraham that he now has because he is now the father of many nations. He's a representative of blessing to all the nations of the earth. In the scriptures, there's never the idea that uh, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet, right? The name is synonymous with the identity. Jacob's name was changed to Israel, which means struggles with God, because his identity reflected that. He was someone that always struggled, struggled with the Lord, and there's even a, he even wrestled with him literally, right? Um, Moshe was called that. He was called Moshe because he was pulled out of the water. His name in Hebrew, Moshe sounds like pull out. My name, my name David, means beloved, right? Because of, it has a dalid vav dalid in it. And it's, uh, it's pronounced differently, but it's spelled the same as this dalid vav dalid up here to my right. It says ani ledodi bedodi li. And you see the dalid vav dalid? That's David. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. 
So every time someone says my name, David, they're reminding me that I'm beloved. That's part of my identity, that, that I'm beloved of God. My wife's name, Sonia, means wisdom, right? And I, I, I don't have to tell you, this is a very appropriate name for her, right? I thank God for her. So the Lord has given us a name. That is, he's given us an identity. When the builders of the Tower of Babel were making a name for themselves, they were trying to find their identity in something else. Trying to find their identity in something other than God. Their name, their identity was tied to their accomplishment. This tower. I mean, how easy is it for us to do this? Is our identity and our worth tied into our accomplishments or our abilities? And, and what happens if we make a mistake, right? We have an identity crisis, right? We might think, well, if I'm not the guy who always makes people laugh, then who am I? If I'm not a perfect friend who always says the right thing, then who am I? Our identity can even be built on lies, a lie that says that a person is a failure or a person is a loser, right? This is not true. The, the truth is that our lasting identity starts with our relationship with God. I am a child of God. I am a beloved servant of the King. I am valued. I am wanted. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven by him. That's our identity. Beloved, we take our names, our identities from his name. Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 15, says it like this. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That is one reason we refer to God as Hashem, which literally means the name. It's a respectful title. It, it's, uh, it refers to the unpronounced letters, yud He vav He. But not only that, Hashem, the name, it's, it's the ultimate name, the ultimate identity, complete and perfect. And there is no flaw in his name, in his identity. His name is the source of all other names, right? Every family in heaven and on earth gets their name. We get all, all of our names. We get that from him, from Hashem, from the name. And you know, there's only one other name that's equal to the name of Hashem, and that is Yeshua. Scripture says that Yeshua humbled himself unto death. And according to Philippians 2, verses 9 through 10, this is what it says. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Yeshua's name is above all other names. His identity and reputation are preeminent compared to all other identities. His name is above death and suffering. 
Yeshua's name is above false gods and idols. His name is above sin and sickness. His name is above evil and violence and cruelty. The name of Yeshua is above all the names of mankind. His name is above our names. Therefore, let us strive not to build a Tower of Babel, to build monuments to ourselves, but to build up the name of Hashem, to praise the name of Yeshua, the Messiah. Let's make known His reputation, His identity, and His purpose. Let's continue His calling to Adam and Noah and Avraham to bring the knowledge of God throughout the earth. Let's humble ourselves before his throne, that his name might have the glory. In Psalms 115, verse 1, I think sums it up perfectly. Let's read this together. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Let's say it again. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. One more time. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray.